When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Gardner Minshew, God bless you. Big Sills National Football Show. It is all signed, sealed, and delivered. Exhibition season, preseason is over. It's now time to put your 53 together, and let's go play 60. Let's go play 60, baby. 2021 NFL season right around the corner. Thursday night football, you'll have Cowboys and Buccaneers live from Raymond James next week. College football this weekend. Man, here you go. All right, real quick. Our military, thank you. Tomorrow's the day. And I say this to you. Keep your heads down. Thank you for everything you're doing. That was an absolute moving scene at Dover Air Force Base yesterday. And if any American didn't watch it and stand in salute to those 13 brave servicemen and women, then you're not American. Um, It brought a tear to my eye, watching those brave heroes being brought home. Thank you so much for our way of life. I mean, they love their jobs. You have to when you're put in harm's way like that. Enough politics. Let's get into the politics of sports. As I started the show out, Gardner Minshew. God bless you. Okay. So the Philadelphia Eagles, what was it, a six-rounder? Great. Wow, he's been added to the mix of the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback room. Okay. Yeah. And help me out here. By the way, Muhammad, hope you had a great weekend. Joey B., You're in the mix for Deshaun Watson. All of you out there who want to join the show like you have been, we appreciate you guys stepping in with us. Because quite frankly, guess what? I was getting bored a little bit in doing the old style of Big Sills Radio here slash broadcasting. Okay? Because you guys are the content. And this is what we're going to start doing. By the way, real quick. A national perspective. Our good friend from Sports Illustrated, Howard Balzer, will join us at the bottom of the hour. And in hour two, the electric Howard Eskin from WIP will join us. And I'm sure there will be a couple grenades thrown uh, in the NFL's direction along with the Eagles. So I'm sure he'll light Roman candles in hour number two. We welcome you aboard as we do each and every single day. We thank you very much. I think it's going to be a very interesting season. 
So over the weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles make a quarterback move. And they make a trade for Gardner Minshew. So quite frankly, in my opinion, you got three backup quarterbacks now in your room. Joe Flacco, Gardner Minshew, and Jalen Hurts. By the way, I don't, I don't say that disrespecting Jalen Hurts. All I say to you is, is that you have three potential backup quarterbacks that will be perceived that way going into the upcoming season, right? Un unless Jalen differentiates himself from these other two dudes. I mean, and, and, and by the way, that's all under the premise that Flacco will still be on that roster, right? And hey, from what I'm hearing, Gardner Minshew is not going to Philadelphia to be the backup. And, and I had people tweeting at me at Dan Silio show saying this. Well, yeah, you know, he's been told. Well, Jalen Hurts was drafted to be the backup to Carson Wentz. He wasn't drafted to be the starting quarterback in Philly. That wasn't the premise of why they brought him in and actually even moved up to get him. I told you this before. This dude was a seatbelt. Any kind of injuries that were going to come the way of Carson Wentz, he was going to be like a seatbelt, a safety belt, whatever you want to call it. He was not being perceived as a guy. And for the record, he's not perceived right now as a number one guy. I had five guys last week. Five guys on the show say they're not sure about the starting quarterback in Philly. Hey, by the way, it's not just Philly. There's a lot of quarterback decisions to be made this week, aren't there? You know, New England, San Francisco. I think kind of Chicago's already been settled, right? Um, I think the situation in Denver has also been settled. But all those are tenuous. Every single one of those guys still have to win their respected jobs by going out and playing great in the first couple weeks of the season, right? Every single one of those teams, you could see a quick pull with any one of these guys if they don't get out to a great start. All right, let me give you my thoughts on the gardner Mitchell, uh trade. Okay, I guess so. I don't think you were very happy with the way that Flacco played, but how could you tell? You didn't really play your frontline guys. I mean, you didn't play Jalen Hurts at all. I mean, what were you seeing in the practices that made you go like this? Well, I need another quarterback. Were these at the control scrimmages where you were seeing a guy who, remember what Brian Boldinger said last week, he said that he was taken off way too soon when they were scrimmaging the Jets. He, he didn't have a very good week scrimmaging the Jets. So Joey B says, Minshew, Minshew, Proven hurts, not proven. Okay? I think Gardner Mitchell's not a bad player. Okay, is he a guy that's going to take you to a Super Bowl? No, I think he's a dude. But as of right now, I think Jalen Hurts is a dude. I don't think and, – and, and, and here, anybody who says anything different, on the 30th of this month, you're, you're, you're wishful thinking because you don't really know until he gets – a couple games underneath him where you can really say that he's a starter. Remember something about last year. Remember something about last year. He was given the keys to the car when no one expected it 
and no one expected the Eagles to pull the ripcord on Carson Wentz last year. So there wasn't really a lot of people that were game planning for Jalen Hurts. They've got game film on him now from last year, and they've got they've got the organized team scrimmages stuff on him. And my friends, they pass that stuff around to every single team, and they'll be game planning on all the things that Jalen Hurts. And this is why probably Howie and Nick Sirianni didn't play him because you know why? They didn't want to give enough game film on Jalen Hurts, and they want the element of surprise here. They don't want coordinators going like this. He's really good in this situation. He's really good at going to his right. He's not that hot at dropping back because he's a floater. He's not real good going to his left. He only sees two progressions, and he doesn't really see the seam all that well because he's not a very big guy. You start putting all these strength and weaknesses together when you're a coordinator, and this is what a quality control coach will do. A quality, quality control coach quality control coach will sit there and go like this. This is what Ertz does like to do on third and seven. This is what he likes to do third and seven on the plus side of the 50. This is what he likes to do on second and eight at the 20-yard line with the goalpost at his back. A guy will sit there, and what they'll do is they'll put up tendencies, and they'll start to create tendencies. This is what I'm understanding that the Eagles didn't want to do this offseason. They didn't want to create tendencies, and they didn't want to create a tendency page for the first opponent for the Philadelphia Eagles coming up because they did not want to have something on paper where he's good doing this, going to his right, like I said, and continuing with what I brought up when dropping back or whatever. Steven says, my understanding is that the Eagles, Pats, and Jets agreed do not share practice footage with other teams. Steven, I hadn't heard that. I was going by what normally teams usually do. That sounds very Patriots. And you got to remember something, okay? The Jets also, from that mistake, and the general manager is a former front office guy of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles too. So, I mean, that's Douglas. So that sounds kind of like they could have had that agreement. I don't know if that cuts it with the league though, but I could see those guys potentially doing that. Respect the stash. I used to have a stash. You should have seen it, dude. It looked like a porn stash. Be nice, be patient, be nice, be patient. Okay? Okay. Hey, if respect the stash, if you think I'm throwing shade at Jalen, you're wrong. I'm not going to look at a sandwich and go like this. That's a hell of a sandwich. When I've taken a bite of it already, or how about this one? I haven't even taken a bite of it and go like this. Man, that's a great sandwich. How do you know I haven't eaten it yet? You know, when you order a meal off the menu, you're hoping it's good when you see it. You're hoping it's good. You have no idea until you take the first bite. That's all this is here. It's not criticism. It's reality. And the things that I saw last year, still, I'm like this. I don't know. Yeah, see, Tone, I don't know if the league allows that. I, I, I thought there were set preseason rules, and that's why you would have these organized team scrimmages that they shared those tapes around the league. That's what I was under, under the understanding of. So um, side deals with certain teams, if they agree not to send tapes, I mean, I don't know. 
I'm not sure if, if that's and, – and, and for the record, all you have to do is go on the NFL Network and you can actually watch some of those organized team practices. All right? I mean, you, you can watch it off the feed. NFL Network has it. Okay? So I'm not sure that that's a protocol. Yeah, I'm not talking shade on him. I'm not talking shade on him at all. Now, I'll throw this out at you here. As we go into it, how long do you think? And and, and by the way, we're going to get into the other quarterback competitions. And if you'd like to throw that out there, please have at it. We will hit on everything here today a little bit. You know, like I said, I've, I write down a thousand things here. And wherever you guys kind of take us, you know, is where we kind of go. Don't forget, bottom of the hour, Sports Illustrated, it's Howard Balzer. We'll be with us. We'll go around the league. We'll ask him all the same questions we're hitting on here. And then Howard Eskin in hour two from WIP. How long do you think the Eagles are going to give Jalen Hurts um, before they start pulling the ripcord on this thing and put Gardner Minshew in? You know, when you trade for a guy like Gardner Minshew, you're trading for experience. And you know what his experience is? Coming in and out of the game as a backup. When the, when the starter's not working, a guy like Gardner Minshew is as valuable as Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a cheap man's version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Smile and be happy. Eagles have a couple of years before they have to give Hurts a contract extension. The Eagles don't have a couple years. Smile? Are you crazy? They don't have a couple years. You're, 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 you're in a division right now that's going to continue to get better. And for the record, I do have to say this. Deshaun Watson has informed the Houston Texans and Nick Casario that him being traded to the Eagles will be rejected by him because he has the no trade clause in his contract and he can pretty much determine where he goes. So the Eagles, unless something changes, the Eagles are out when it comes to Deshaun Watson. That ain't happening. From what I understand with Nick Casario, he was informed by his agent, um, David Mulgetta, something like that, that um, that's off the table. So Deshaun is not going to the Eagles. Howie had reached out like a handful of teams have, and that's not going to happen. Okay. Now, after what I've learned about the offensive line over the last week and a half, I would say this to you. I don't know if that's that bad a deal. Plus, if you're Deshaun, you go into the NFC East. If he goes into the NFC East, he's automatically the best quarterback in that division. And that includes Dak Prescott. Muhammad says six weeks, one to five. Steven says not sharing is why Sirianni value the organizational practices with the Pats and Jets more than the preseason. It's a good take. That's a good take. You're not able to get tendencies if you're sharing tapes with, say, the Giants, because obviously Sirianni doesn't want those tapes falling into the hands of the Giants or Washington or Dallas. That's a, that's a good call. Here's what I would say to you about how long do I give Jalen Hurts if I don't see over the first three games progression of – how about this? If I don't see progression of getting better and better and better and putting some wins in there, um, I, I wouldn't have a problem having a quick hook for Jalen Hurts, especially if you can't get the ball to Devontae Smith. If we're going into the week three and say Devontae Smith has five catches, is there a problem? 
You think that would be a problem for you? If Devontae Smith has five catches in three weeks, I think that's a problem. Especially when we're looking at a running game that now that I'm being told that the offensive line is a little bit better than I thought it was, the offensive line has got to be able to average at least four and a half yards of carry for Jalen to have success this season. You can't be at 3-9. You can't be at 3-7. Okay? You've got to be over four and a half, somewhere in there. You're four and a half. You're keeping the sticks moving, aren't you? And with that offensive line, what I'm going to do with that offensive line, I am going to make sure that I'm running the ball 25 to 30 times a game. Muhammad says big problem. I want Devontae to have around 10 targets a game. 10 targets a game, five catches. That puts him at 50 over 10 games. That puts him right around 70 catches as his rookie season. 70 catches probably gets him in that offense, maybe 1,000 yards. So he'd be at 70 to 75 catches. Yeah, he'd be at around seven, 75 catches to 80 catches. Okay, and over a little bit over a thousand yards. That'd be a big year for a rookie with a quarterback that you're really not sure. He'd be like he'd be like Andre Johnson was when he was with the Texans. I can't even name you the quarterback's word. What TJ Yates and them idiots, right? I mean, they hit a bunch of bums down there when Andre Johnson played. So I, I I've got to see him. I've got to see him where Jalen Hurts puts me in a position to win every game. May not win every game. Now, I also want to throw this out at you. See, Eagle guys are doing this right now. You're, you're fighting the word. You're, you're, fighting, you're fighting the word. Um, what, do I, what do I want to look at? Rebuild. You're fighting the word rebuild. Your star quarterback's gone. Your coordinator on defense retired. Your head coach is out. New offensive coordinator. The entire staff has been pretty much retrofitted. It's a different mentality in the locker room now. You got rid of Alshon Jeffries and Deshaun Jackson. There's a lot of things that are different. It's not retooling. Okay, it's not retooling. It's it, it's it's okay. It's rebuild. Muhammad says, "Run the ball heavy. Play action can be successful in that way." Absolutely, but you have got to make sure you're running the ball more than you are throwing the football. You got to make sure of it. Got to make sure of it. Got to. You can't here. You can't get into a game. They got Atlanta out of the gate, right? You can't get into a game where all of a sudden you're th- you're seeing three and outs right away. First series, all of a sudden you're punting. You can't have that. One, you'll wear that defense down to be like Chip Kelly is your head coach again. You've got to be able to at least keep seven, eight plays going, even if you're successful. Play field position. Okay. Eagles have to be well-coached. Again, new coach, rookie coach. You've got to be well-groomed in this situation here to know 
Your quarterback can't go like this. One, two, three out. One, two, three out. One, two, three out. One, two, three out. That's not going to cut it. That defense, and you're not. I've been told we're deeper in the D-lines and O-lines. Francisco says this, and this is typical right here. See this guy here? It's obvious that you do not like Jalen Hurts. Like McMullen are creating a narrative to hook Jalen Hurts quick, knowing that it is a new staff. How are you falling in love with a guy on the team when you don't even know what the hell of I, I hate that. I don't hate anybody. But I'm a realist. I don't fall in love with dudes. I talk about winning ball games here, guy. It's obvious. I'm not throwing shade on the kid. I'm what well, you know what? See, that's a guy who doesn't like the truth being told. I had five dudes on my show last week, and all five of them, when I asked the question, what do you think of Jalen Hurts? They went, Hey, I don't know. Dave Wanstead said he's a super dude. He's a great guy, but I don't think he's the guy that has the talent to move the sticks. That wasn't me. Brian Baldinger. Hey, he didn't have a very good practice against the Jets. He's taken off too soon. Two days later, they make a move to go get a quarterback in Jacksonville who had a lot of takers, by the way. You know the Dallas Cowboys reached out to the Jacksonville Jaguars for the availability of um, Gardner Minshew because they're not sure about Dak Prescott's injury? The Cowboys wanted him. That's why, and that's what sparked Howie's interest, is that the Cowboys were making calls. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones were in conversations with the Jags on Gardner Minshew because, hey, here's one thing about Dak Prescott. You know Dak Prescott hasn't played a football game since October 11th, 2020. That's over 200, excuse me, that's over 325 days. He hasn't been on a football field in competitive action. Muhammad says, uh, conditional six. Yeah, it goes up to a three if the guy becomes a starter. <laughs> okay? And in Philadelphia, if Gardner Mitchell is your starter, you're in trouble. Smile and be happy, says Jalen is 50-50 completion type of quarterback. He needs two passes every three plays to succeed. Now, see, you're getting that. That's that's That means to me, smile and be happy. That means to me that the Eagles are effectively using their strength, which is running the ball. That is so smart. That's exactly right. I'm trying to help guys like Francisco understand you're not going to get, if you think, that Jalen Hurts is going to throw the ball 35 times a game, you are in big trouble. You win four games this year because you're not utilizing the one thing you have that's except, exceptional. You know what that is? Your offensive line. Your offensive line. So the move getting Gardner, Dallas wanted him. There were, the Jets had made conversations with Jacksonville because they're looking for a back, better backup quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, Kevin says something here. Like, yeah, sounds like our government, right? Kevin's like this. Hopefully the Pats honor that. So wait a minute. You don't think that Bill Belichick is going to share 
with his assistant coach, Judge, in New York. You, you, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Kevin. You don't think Joe Judge is going to get some of those practice tapes from Bill Belichick. And you're in the division with the Giants. All right? Joey B went 16 to 3, 13, or keep the score low. All right. All right. We're going to continue the conference. How many games are you looking at before the Eagles have the hook? Is it 17 games? Is it three games? I'm also, we're also going to talk about the other quarterback competitions going around the NFL. Okay. And we'll get our friend Howard Balzer's thoughts. We're going to take a quick timeout. Any question you have, we'll hit on every single one of them. And some of the questions we'll even ask Howard that you throw out. Howard's so plugged in, works for Sports Illustrated. He's next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back, National Football Show, Big Sills. 
Hope everybody had a sensational weekend. We will talk with our friend Howard Balzer here in a second, and we'll ask him the question. Um, is Gardner Minshew being brought in because they're not sold on Jalen Hurts? Or, again, what's what's the issue here and his thoughts on the trade? We'll get his thoughts on that and also the other quarterback competitions that a lot of teams have to make a decision on this week. No question about it. A lot of decisions have to be made. Uh, New England, that's a decision. Um, Chicago, kind of, right? San Francisco, you got a decision. Nigel B says he's a backup. So what is Hurts? I mean, Gardner Mitchell's done more in the NFL than what Jalen Hurts has done. I go by resumes, not by magic genie bottles. Here, let me let me rub the magic genie bottle. I think I think maybe ifs. Let me let me hook you up on. Let me hook you up on loser words. Are you ready? Maybe if potential. Those are all loser words. Prospect. No, I want to know for certain. You know that commercial you have where people are going like this? I think we can afford it. Think? I don't want to go into anything thinking. I want to go into everything knowing. This is what we have here. Know who you are. Know your identity. Maybe that's the issue with the Eagles right now. They really don't know their identity on really who they are. No, 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 Nigel. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. He's going to start. All right. Let's let's get to let's get to our friend Howard Balzer and get his thoughts. This is a big week because this is the cutdown week, Whew. and this is also the potential now where you're going to see some changes at the quarterback position on numerous teams and a lot of question marks really in some places still as you're going into the final selection week to cut your team down to 53 on the 53-man roster. My friend Howard Bolzer from Sports Illustrated joins us here on the National Football Show. And, Howard, let me start you out in Philadelphia. What you make of the gardner Minshew deal? Yeah, I thought it was probably uh, trying to fix my hair here. I'm, I'm all over the place, aren't I, being out of practice and, and all that good stuff. <laughs> Should have took the brush to it before I join you. But anyway, well, well I need short hair like you. Yeah, but... no, you look good, dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, – I, th I thought the Minshew, it was interesting that the Eagles uh, would, would make that move only from this standpoint when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts who has a certain athletic skill set and Minshew is somewhat different, although he can move around a bit. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But I, I think you know a lot of people like the attitude of Minshew and the way he plays, and he's he kind of has a certain it about him. And I don't think for a second, Dan, that the Eagles are – saying Jalen Hurts is absolutely our guy moving forward. I think he's a starter, obviously, to open the season. But we always we have to remember he completed 52% of his passes last year. That's it, 52%. Now, I realize it's a small sample size, but you can't be throwing in the 50s and be an every, you know, uh, you know, an every, every week starter in the National Football League. So they're going to have to see a lot better passing from him over – you know, over over the short term and the long term, for him to keep that job and Minshew, a lot of people, he he completed over you know around sixty six percent of his passes last year on not a very good Jacksonville Jaguars team. So I thought that was a pretty good move 
uh, by the Eagles to get a guy who's played in the league, has some games behind him, and is is a good guy to have in the locker room. Would I be fair to say that Gardner Mitchie was a better player right now than uh, Jalen Ertz, and the Eagles know that, and this could be a yeah. short leash here, like you say, because yeah. you're talking about one of the potential better offensive lines in the NFL. You've got Devontae Smith. You know, people are, you know, they're jumping on right now saying that, Mitchell's not a better player, but then when I look, like you said, I watched that Washington game last year with Jalen Hurts. This guy was all over the yard. And yeah. we had last week, Howard, I had Dave Wanstead on. I had Brian Boldinger, who was at some of the practices. And he said the first thing that he does, if that first guy's not open, he's taken off. And right. I don't think that he really impressed enough people. You think they have a short leash with him? That, that's a very good, a great point there by Brian with, because you, the thing you have to be, patient enough in this league is if number one, you have to be quick enough, but also patient enough. If one isn't there, wait for two, wait for three, and then maybe take off. And the classic example of that, Dan, if we want to go back a bunch of years, is Steve Young. He, he used to be one read and go, and Bill Walsh coached that out of him, and what did he coach him into being? A Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback. So yeah, I don't know how short the leash would be, but if they if they continue to see that and that he's running too soon and and then you're missing guys open and you're not making plays that you could have made then yeah I, I think it very well could be a short leash. You think he's a stopgap quarterback in Philadelphia? Hurts or Minshew? Hurts. Well, I, it's hard to say. I mean, it all depends on him. He, he could be a stopgap guy. It, it was it was kind of odd to begin with that they brought him in uh, last year when they already had Carson Wentz. And they, they certainly had no idea at the time how ravaged that team was going to be on the offensive line and lead to a lot of the issues that Wentz and that offense had. But I, I thought it was an odd choice to draft him at the time. Not that he's not doesn't have some talent and ability, but you know, to, to pick him where they where they did, I, I like I said, I just thought that was a little bit unusual. So you know, so stopgap, I, I don't know. It might he might not be a stopgap because he might not last that long. Uh, as the starter. So we'll just have to wait and see, but it's up to him. It's up to him to, to grow and to do the things you have to be on a consistent basis to be a successful quarterback in this league. Last Eagle question. Um, how good do you think the team is? Do you think they're a player in the NFC East or not? Well, I, I don't know if the NFC East is that good. Uh, certainly it has, it hasn't been certainly everyone expects Dallas to be really, really good. And, you know, they, they do have talent on that team. Um, uh, but, as good as it is to have Dak Prescott back and you hope that he's healthy, it wasn't as if they were just winning a whole bunch of games when he was throwing the ball all over the yard and passing for four or 500 yards uh, last season. So how, how much better is that defense? I think Washington's a team to contend with, but what are we looking at to win this division? Nine or 10 games? Yep. So I, I don't know if the Eagles are talented enough to win nine or 10. You made the point about the offensive line. I, I still want, I still have to see it to believe it. They have gotten guys back from injury from last year, so that's a plus for them, but they've got to keep them healthy, and that and that's a real key. But in that division, you can almost argue that anybody's a player. Let me take you over to New England now. Um, if it's you making the call, I mean, just from watching and knowing the way Bill operates, I mean, he's a veteran-type guy. Um, he, he, he likes leadership. He likes all of that stuff. Um, you're flipping a coin or you're doing whatever it takes, if you even think it's that close, who do you think gets to start in New England? And, you know, jo Josh Daniels is put into that too because yeah. he, he likes that experience and all that. Obviously, you know they're impressed by what Mac Jones 
has done and all we hear out of there. Now, granted, we're not there. I'm not there on an everyday basis uh, like those guys are. My gut still tells me they'll start the season uh, with Cam Newton. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, he had looked pretty good this preseason. And then all of a sudden he had the snafu or whatever really happened with those, that quote, misunderstanding and why he couldn't practice for a few days last week. And all of a sudden everybody says, oh, that's the opportunity for Mac Jones to solidify himself as a starter in three practices. Really? I don't know. But if Mac Jones has done enough to be the starter, then who knows? Maybe, maybe they maybe they pull the string on him. But I, I still think my gut tells me it'll start out with Newton and then just see how things go. But we do know that Mac Jones, they didn't draft him to sit for a, a long period of time. So uh, with all these rookie quarterbacks, it's only a matter of when, not if. And most of the time with those, with, with, the, with the veteran that will start the season, it's all, a matter, it's all a matter of how things go with that veteran, how the team is playing before a decision is made on whether to make a change or not. And, you know, the game day packages that they were putting together, the one element that wasn't in those packages was Cam taking off and running those right. set, you know, read option type uh, run option passes and plays that they have in that offense because they don't want to get them banged up uh, for the exhibition season, getting ready for the start of the season here. And I would say this to you. Wouldn't you agree that that offense, with the way that they're going to run the ball, the offensive line is a strength on that team as well, that that team is more set up not for drop back passes because – there's really not a lot of play action with big play capabilities at the Y and Z's right now. So I would think that that's more set up for a guy like Cam. And Cam, I thought, threw the ball pretty well this exhibition season. And he did. He'll play he, a lot of his guys. Right. No, exactly. No, you make a good point there uh, with, with not doing certain things that he will do in games. And he had a bunch of rushing touchdowns uh, last season, even after you know missing a couple games with COVID and not being this, not being the same guy. Uh, when he came back. So, and he really worked hard this off season after the way last season ended to try to play, play a lot better. And he was, he was really dedicated to that. And I, I, th I think he'll be re rewarded with that, uh, with the start. And like we said, just, just see how things go. It's not a, it's not a team with great talent around him. And so um, you're right. The line is good, but I'm talking about running back. You know, they got some good, run good running backs, good receivers, but uh, not, you know, not game breakers like, like they've had uh, too many of them that they've had in the past. So I, I think it is a better fit for him uh, to start the season. And, and I, and I also think that Belichick and company, they, I mean, it was pretty amazing. They won seven games last year Yeah, with, with everything that happened to them. Their special teams are always great, but, they, they, they don't want to be a seven-win team. And I think their best chance of having a shot at the playoffs is probably uh, coming out of the box with Newton at quarterback, assuming that he can play at a high level all season. Let me take you over to the Bay Area with San Francisco. Um, I'll throw a number at you here, Howard. This is crazy that, um, you know, Trey Lance hasn't had a meaningful start yeah. at all in the last 23 months. He's had one start. I mean – is this why it really favors Garoppolo to start the season off there in San Francisco? I think so. I think that's been probably the thinking all along. And Lance has done some good things in the preseason. But this is a team that was in the Super Bowl. And we always have to remember that. It was in the, and I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is the reason they got there, but they got there with him as the quarterback. And he played good football uh, that season. And so they fashioned themselves as a team that can challenge for the division. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough division. They they believe they'll bounce back from all the horrible injuries they had last year, and I don't think they believe that they can be a playoff, a true playoff contender with Trey Lance at quarterback. Just given 
the the mistakes you will make as a rookie quarterback. I do think this, though. I do believe, and I think this is something the Bears should also do. They should have a package for Trey Lance. I'm pretty certain the 49ers will. Not sure about the Bears, uh, but some people in San Francisco have seen it happen and seen practice and seen it happening with, with Trey Lance. To me, they should do that with Justin Fields in Chicago also. Have a certain package, whether it's third and two or in the red zone, uh, RPOs, things like that, when a defense now has to account for the quarterback that's there who can potentially run, and it makes it a little a little different offense to defend. And I think so, and, and it's a good way to get these young guys on the field in certain situations with not having to subject them to everything that they're going to see coming out of the box. So I think that's what will happen uh, with, with, San, with San Francisco and Trey Lance. And as long as they're winning games and Jimmy Garoppolo's not making mistakes and playing well and he's never been a real mistake-type type quarterback, then he'll probably stay there. How long it is, who knows? But I, my, my gut is, and <laughs> hey, I admit my gut's been wrong in the past, but I, I still think they'll open the season with him as the starter. You mentioned Chicago. I want to go there now. And you know what's funny about that? I mean, we, we, we may see a little bit of the old Wildcat with some of these guys like Trey Lance and with Justin Fields here a little bit. I would say this to you, too, that, you know, I heard people saying, well, when you've got a bad team, isn't it good to have a mobile quarterback? I say to people that say that, no, I'd rather have an experienced quarterback that knows when to get rid of the ball instead of having a guy to run around in the backfield and potentially lose me yardage. That's why I would always lean and I would always have lent, uh, led to uh, having Andy Dalton start. Do you agree with that philosophy of mine? I mean, look, I know you can hide deficiencies and Steve Young was a master at it, but Steve Young, when he retired, was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League. And I don't think Justin Fields has that capabilities, at least yet. So, I mean, that's why Dalton's getting a start in Chicago. You agree? No, I think it's, it's a good point. And I think, you know, the, the term bad team – that can be an open-ended term. What does bad team mean? I mean, is it bad defense? Is it bad? Do they not have a running game? What about the offensive line? And I mean, if you have a running game and you, and, and you have a, a pretty decent offensive line, then you, you, you can fashion things for that young quarterback to not just have to run around like crazy. But you also hope, as we were talking about uh, earlier, uh, you, you don't want them to to just start running too soon. You want them to be able to hang in there and that's easier to do to hang in there when you know you're getting protected by the offensive line. So all of those different things enter into it, but you're hundred percent right about the quarterback who's experienced enough, who can know, okay, just slide out of the pocket so I can get rid of the ball. If I have to throw it away, don't get intentional grounding or things like that. So yeah, the, the, the experience can definitely help. And it was interesting, Dan, because before Trevor Lawrence was named the starter and we all expected that to happen, there was this notion advanced by some that, well, maybe they're not going to play Trevor Lawrence because the team around him isn't very good. Well, the reality is if you look at that Jaguars team, they've got some receivers, some decent young receivers. They've got a good running back. Their offensive line isn't bad. And so I, I, I think Lawrence is a guy that can withstand that and, of course, probably has the savvy and, and knows enough when to uh, get rid of the football. So I, I think it, every situation is different, and it all depends, like I said, on what the definition of bad team is. And uh, But no team thinks they're bad going in, but they still have to be honest with how they assess, uh, especially the offense and, and most important, the offensive line in the running game for a young quarterback. I have a Hall of Fame question for you from an Eagles fan that I want to ask you, but I want to ask you two more questions here, and I want to start it here with Deshaun Watson. Um, a <laughs> lot of hour. chatter... 
got an hour for that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Huh? A lot of chatter here with um, with Deshaun over the last weekend. I have to tend to believe that that's because these cases are not going to be heard until next spring. And so the commissioner has not suspended him. The FBI is now involved in it. There's extortion talk. There's also all kinds of other things that are out there. And I got to think that if you're the Texans, how do you have a guy you're paying $38 million to just sitting there going into week one and you're starting Tyrod Taylor? That just absolutely makes no sense to me. Do you think he's moved by the start of the season or do you think the Texans are going to take their time? It's a, it's a great question. And I wonder if all these leaks that have come out with this, most of the time leaks occur for a reason. There's an agenda. And I wonder if they're done with with the with hopefully hopefully that the NFL will come in and make some kind of statement of what they would intend to do if all of a sudden a team decided they were going to put him out there to play. And so I think that's that's the magic question. Now you mentioned the 38 million. I mean he's got a lot of money in his contract, but his salary this year is only 10 million. And I say well, only is there, so so when I say that Howard so there must be an escalator like we saw with Patrick Mahomes that when the TV contracts kick in the next year, that's when that escalates. Oh yeah, yeah. Next year okay. he's got a huge contract. In fact, next okay. year I think it goes up to like thirty-five million. Okay. Uh, next year, but th- this year it's a re- it's a reasonable contract. But most everyone believes that he, the, the Texans don't want to pay him ten million not to play. But they have to realistically realize that what team is going to bring him in when they don't know what his future looks like, and much less to give up something for him. And if you're the Dolphins, which was the you know the the team of the week over the weekend where you've committed to Tua, and are you now all of a sudden, are you going to bring Deshaun Watson in when you don't even know if he's going to be able to play? What would the NFL do? What, what does that do? Now, granted, maybe he's traded to Houston. Maybe the Texans are trying to make a heist here and get a different quarterback to come in and maybe get Tua that they can then you know build with. So I'm, I'm just skeptical of all these stories that come out. I think reporters do a good job, but a lot of times they're told things because someone wants a certain – you know, a certain narrative getting out there. And I think sometimes we have to be careful uh, with that. So I'm not saying nothing will happen, but it's hard for me to believe that any team is going to bring him in with everything that's swirling around him. That's that's right. That's what the agents are notorious for. They're trying to kickstart the market and trying to get a value going and getting team and chatter going here. I want to throw the last football question to you here with Dak Prescott. So the next time Dak Prescott will step on a field will be Thursday night against the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa at Raymond James. And the last time he played was October 11th, 2020. That's over 320-some-odd days that he hasn't been in a meaningful football game. I don't know about you here, Howard, but, uh, boy, um, you know, is the injury more than what the Cowboys let on? Uh, How are we to look at this here going forward? You really feel comfortable throwing – maybe a 70% guy into a game where you know that if he gets dropped on his shoulder, your season's over. How are you looking at this? That That's the big question. And he might be more than 70%, but whatever that percentage is, certainly it's a lot better than whoever else they would put out there against the Buccaneers. But they're also playing a team with a defense that I thought didn't get enough credit for what the Buccaneers did last year in the playoffs and, of course, in the Super Bowl uh, that brought that victory. And so – but – the pressure's on them. Uh, they want to play well. And I think that the aspect of it, too, even if he can stay healthy, the question – I mean, he hasn't even – he's hardly thrown the football uh, all summer. Now you're going to get out there firing the ball on Thursday night football with the adrenaline running. There. So there's a lot of questions 
about this. And none of us, none of us know the answers answer. I don't know if waiting another couple, three weeks would make a difference that much because anytime he might land on that shoulder, you still might end up uh, with the same problem, but they say he's healthy. They say all the MRIs are clean and they just wanted to be overly cautious with it, which you know that they are going to do. And, but he, he's, he's one of nine quarterbacks. Now, granted, coming back from an injury, the others didn't. But he's one of nine quarterbacks, didn't even take a snap in, in the entire preseason. And then, then when I say nine quarterbacks, nine expected starters. So these teams are being, you know, treating these guys like China dolls in the summer, which I can understand why they do that. So, but that's going to be very intriguing to see him on that Thursday night game. And, and not only if he's healthy, but how sharp is he? I mean, how can you imagine he's, he's going to be real sharp when he has to go back there and throw? So, And they're going against a heck of a defense. So that, that's going to be a tough, tough matchup for the Cowboys in this season opener. And to your point, Andy Reid has Patrick Mahomes in the last game, and Tom Brady's playing in the last exhibition yeah. game too. And those are your two Super Bowl coaches that were in yeah. the last game. Exactly. And exactly. so I, I'm with you on that. I saw these some of these guys not playing, and I'm like, holy cow. So I have one question here from an Eagle fan. Since you're a Hall of Fame voter, he says, is the Eagles Kelsey a Hall of Fame-type player? That's a good question. And I'm trying to think of the last center that was enshrined in the Hall of Fame. And that doesn't take anything away from centers, but uh, you don't you don't see it. A lot of, gosh, I don't know if it was Dwight Stevenson or not. Oh, no. Well, Kevin Mawai, that was Kevin a Mawai. For, for a good part, most of his career. Yeah. So, yeah, he went in. But before him, I'm not sure sure wow. who it was. I, I never I, I thought was, about that, Howard. There's not a lot of centers no, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Th there aren't. And, and so, and it's obviously a very important position wow. on that line. Uh, but I, I would think with the career he's had, I would think he'd be in the discussion, but he's not a guy that just jumps out at you and you say, yes, to automatic hall of famer. So much of it as, as we all should know. And I, I realize and doing this for as long as I have is so much depends on who's coming out at the same time, who else is, is with you and, and all those things. I mean, there have been great centers like Mike Webster, obviously, and, and in Pittsburgh and, and then uh, Dermonte Dawson followed him and he's in the hall of fame. So there, there are guys in there, but, does Kelsey rise to that level? He's probably not far from it. So I would think he'd be in the conversation, but boy, the, the further we go, every year we go on, there's more guys that come in as eligible and more great players. And it just gets harder and harder uh, to pick out the guys who are, who are truly deserving. I thought when you were saying an Eagles, Eagles fan had a question, I thought you're going to ask about Dick Vermeil. No, uh, what was, I was going to ask you is because I know Rick Gosselin last week, the veterans guys met, I would, you just made yeah. me think of it too. Are you hearing? Is it a good? Is it weighing one way or the other that Dick may get into the Hall of Fame? Well, he was named as the coach finalist last year, last week rather, along with Cliff Branch and the seniors. So he is the finalist, uh, which means he still has to get eighty percent of the vote of the entire selection committee when we get together, whenever that is at the end of January, early February. So most of the time, those guys that get advanced by the committee get in. Uh, he was close last year; is in the final three. Uh, this year, uh, obviously, he's, he he becomes the finalist. And I know there's some question about him. Some people just look at the overall record and see 524 winning percentage. But he, here's an amazing stat on Dick Vermeil, which has to be considered how he turned around two horrendous franchises with the Eagles and the Rams, and then a franchise that had been mediocre at best in Kansas City and wasn't very good 
in either of those places in the first two years. And then in the third season, it was like the third time is the charm. In the third season, like clockwork, he had the Eagles in the playoffs, the Rams in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs were 13-3 and and lost a wild playoff game to the Colts, 38-31, to led by Peyton Manning. And they, of course, ended up losing uh, to the Patriots later in the playoffs. But that 524 winning percentage, Dan, in the in the nine seasons that Dick Vermeil was a head coach, starting with the third season in each of his places, his winning percentage was over 64%. Wow. 88, 88 and 49. And that includes a three and six strike year in 1982 with the Eagles. Without that year, it's, it's over 65%. So that's pretty remarkable of a guy who turned around a franchise and in those nine seasons was in the playoffs seven times, two Super Bowls, three division titles. I mean, I don't know what more you can ask for. A lot of guys take over good teams and good and are in good organizations. He turned around terrible teams, terrible organizations, and made them believe and made them winners. Sounds like you're giving the speech for him. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in full disclosure, I sent a lot of that information to the to the committee that voted because I wanted to make sure they were aware of it because so many people look at 524 and not a great winning percentage and say, well, is that really Hall of Fame? Well, sometimes you just have to you have to dig a little bit deeper. That's fantastic stuff. This is why I love talking to Howard Balzer. SI's Howard Balzer, man. I, I just love that stuff. Hall of Fame voter. It is a privilege to talk to you, brother. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Dan. Always enjoy coming on with you. Take care. You bet. My friend Howard Balzer, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter here. You know, I was going to take a time out, but we're going to continue here. So smile, you got your question answered to you. Okay. I didn't realize that centers, you think about it, Kevin Mawai, that's right, the last true guy to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He started his career out as a guard, but then moved over to the center position because the Titans needed to have a center at that spot. I think they even brought in Stepnoski, Mark Stepnoski from the Cowboys. I can't remember who the guy was that was in there. I think even Bruce Matthews, back when they were the old Oilers, also played um, the center position. Respect the stats. Kelsey's speech on Broad Street belongs in the Hall of Fame itself. It does. It does, man. Hey, that was clearly, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, that was clearly one of the greatest parades. And I won't lie to you. Now, you know my uncle is an NFL Hall of Famer with the New York Giants. I know that that's probably going to rub some of you the wrong way, but come on now. Hard for me not to say this, but let me say this to you. Even as a childhood Giant fan, that was a kick-ass parade that you guys had when you guys won the championship for the first time since 1960 in your first Super Bowl. That thing was dope. It was, man. That was a great – Chris Long, who I'm trying to get on the program, but Chris has got a podcast time during the show that we're on, and I really love Chris, man. I, I, I've done stuff with him, so we're trying to get Chris Long on the show too. Dennis Snyder says, Dak fine, but if he stinks this year, he's going to blame it on the shoulder. Dennis, I, 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 I tell you what, I like Dak the guy. I like Dak the guy. Dak the quarterback, 
man, outside of that 13 and three season, don't you do this? How about this? Watch this. Name me a team outside of the Dallas Cowboys that would have paid him $42 million per to quarterback their team. You think the Jets would have? I know the Eagles wouldn't have. You think Washington would pay Dak Prescott $42 million? I don't think so. I can't name you a team in the league outside the Cowboys that would pay that kind of money. Respect the stash as I was there. But like Kelsey, don't remember a lot. <laughs> Dude, he was drinking beers, right? Dude, smile. $42 million. And they've got to give him that, what was it, a $50 million signing bonus? So you know that Dak Prescott this year is being stroked to check for like 90 million bucks from the Cowboys. Yeah, is that crazy? 90 million. Maybe Chicago, Kevin? You think Chicago would have paid Dak? Chicago hasn't had a all-pro quarterback. You want to hear it? Since 1950. Since 1950. They haven't had an all-pro quarterback. Not pro bowler, but all-pro. Chicago, man, they don't really spend a lot of money at that position, and that's why their football teams have wobbled. I mean, here, you want to hear something? And I know this is going to sound sacrilegious. Big Bird says Dak wasn't even as good as Wentz. Yeah. If you told uh, hey, after last year, before last year, if you told me who you take, Wentz or Dak Prescott, I'd say Wentz all night. I'd say Wentz all night long. <laughs> Maybe Chicago. Dan, your thoughts on Tua versus Hurts? Who's better now long term? Great question. Seems like Miami's looking for Watson. You're right. You're right. I mean, did you see? Also, that Brian Flores was asked a question today at the press conference, and he evaded it. The guy looked like he was at the State Department getting asked questions about Afghanistan. Excuse me. I, I, what, I, uh, uh, you, know, you know that Chevy Chase movie, Spies Like Us? If you've ever seen it, he's a State Department guy. Sorry, but the, going out. <laughs> you know, I, it was, it was, he was evading the question. There's no doubt the Miami Dolphins are kicking tires under the Deshaun Watson deal. <laughs> yeah, Tony, the Bears have not had an all-pro quarterback, all-pro, since 1950. Um, Tua versus Hurts. Tua beat him out once. And here, when I, when I, see, when I see Tua Tuckaviola, here's what I say. Okay. I don't know. Chad Pennington? What do you make of Chad Pennington? He did win a division title. What, what, what do you... Give me a comparison. I like to hear what people... What's a comparison for Tua? And then give me a comparison. And Jim McMahon wasn't all pro. Then give me a comparison. Um... 
there's a difference between Pro Bowl and All Pro. There's a difference. Tua didn't have a pass completion over. Holy crap. Tua Jeff Garcia? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think a little better than that. I say Chad Pennington. I say Chad Pennington. Give me a Jalen Hurts comparison. Guy that comes out of the top. By the way, and do not say Donovan McNabb. McNabb is 10 times the player that Jalen is. 10 times the player. That's a good one. Who would I compare Jalen Hurts to? Tyrod Taylor? Jacoby Brissett? Don't you dare say Steve Young. So I would say, okay, well, well, wait a minute now. Tyrod has made a Pro Bowl. Tyrod's not a bad quarterback. He... Hey, he won some games up in Buffalo. He's not a bad quarterback. He's not. Ski Mass says, Marcus Mariota. I like that. I like that. Yeah, but I think Marcus is a little more accurate. Don Makowski, <laughs> the magic man. Wow, is that a shot from the past? I think, Smile, you're showing your age. He's got to be 60. Mariota. Mariota, I think, has got a little better. Well, I shouldn't say that about Jalen because some dude earlier said that I hate the guy, and if I say that Marcus has got better accuracy than Jalen, automatically I hate the guy. I just haven't seen enough of the kid to say that that guy's accurate, and he's not accurate. You just, By the way, how about this? We just heard what's his name, Howard Balzer, say that he, um, you know, he's not sure either yet. That's five dudes that have a great reputation in the NFL for covering the league. Okay, that don't don't know what to think of Jalen yet. Okay, we're gonna go back around the league and some of those starting jobs, and also, like I said. I want to ask that question one more time. By the way, Howard Ball, not Howard Balls, but Howard Eskim. It's like the day of Howard's today. From WIP will join us uh, here in hour number two. We'll get his thoughts on all of this as well, okay? I'm saying I'm giving Hurts three games. Is that too little of an evaluation moving forward for the Eagles? See you in hour two. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. 
Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silvio. Bottom of the hour, Howard Eskin from WIP will join the show. Make it a good question. I'll pick one out of the group here for Howard. Okay, hang on, hang on. Everybody's saying three games. Is it really crazy? Some think it is crazy. I'm going to give Jalen Ertz three games. Let me see here. Ree said, Sam, Sam Darnold got three years in New York, and you're going to give – Jalen Hurts, three games? Yeah, well, Sam Darnold was a first-round draft choice. And there's more money associated with him. You're going to give that guy more opportunity because he's a higher-graded prospect than what Jalen was. Jalen was a backup coming out. Now, look, not, not to completely crap all over Ree here, you think Tom Brady was evaluated when he came out of Michigan as a starting quarterback? Or do you think that that guy was going to be like a clipboard holder? He was going to be a clipboard holder, right? He wasn't evaluated. So I've got to be careful with that because how many people really thought Russell Wilson was going to be the starting quarterback in Seattle? Right? Was a third-round draft choice. Took him out of Wisconsin after transferring from NC State. You know, nobody thought that. So... I do think that the Gardner Minshew, and by the way, we'll ask Coward that question. I think it shows you that they're going to have a short leash with Jalen. They think they have a pretty good roster. Remember, you always have to remember something with the Eagles here, folks. You always have to remember something. The general manager believes his roster is better than the coaching that's going on on the sidelines. How he has more say over your team He has more say over your team than the head coach. So he believes that his personnel people and himself believe that that roster is better than what it's been coached over the last two years. 
maybe three years. Okay. Plus he has a say in who the assistant coaches are. So Howie Roseman believes he's smarter than the head coach. I'm not saying that because I'm just making that up. Am I wrong when I'm saying that? Big Bird says Brady got his shot and ran with it. He sure did. It's what exactly Jalen has to do. Absolutely, Big Bird. Hugh Harper, for Howard in December 22, who will start a quarterback for the Eagles? Incomplete, Hugh. Incomplete. I'm going to get – watch this. So I'm not accused of being a hater. Let's see what Jalen does the first three games. Let's see what he does, man. If that dude takes off and runs with it and turns out to be a heck of a football player, I'm not going to sit here and go like this just to make my point. You know how most of those meathead guys are in the media? I mean, look, Skip Bayless is still trying to tell you that LeBron James sucks. Come on, dude. I think that ship has sailed. Do we not? Or Colin Coward tries to tell you that Aaron Rodgers blows. He just won the MVP award. Come on, guys. That's not what I do. I admit mistakes when I see them. Tone says this, Russell wasn't supposed to be as great as he was. He also had the benefit of a great defense to supplement the development. Tone, that's what they did in Pittsburgh with Roethlisberger, too. Roethlisberger wasn't that great coming out of Miami of Ohio, but they had Jerome Bettis in a great defense with Joey Porter. And guess who the offensive coordinator was? Bruce Arians. You had the coaching. You had Cower. You had a running attack. You had a great defense. I mean, you had all the components to develop a quarterback. And for the record, that's why Roethlisberger lasted longer than Rivers and Eli. Because they kept retooling the team and kept coaching them. Eric Walker says, the Eagles thought enough of Ertz to move up to take him at two. You're right. That's a big, that's a big prospect. Not giving him a legit chance shows how few, foolish Howie was. I'm not going to lie. I think he was overdrafted, but all that being said, that's behind us now. Bernie Boom says how he's truly in the way of progress with the Eagles. He, He is. Let the coaches coach. They micromanage that team. They completely micromanage it. Big Birds, if Minshew would come in for some reason the second half of the season, how high do you think his ceiling is? Here, let me give you my again. When I think of Gardner Mitchell, let me let, let me give you a comparison. I think he's Baker Mayfield. I think he has a lot of signs of Mayfield. Whatever you think of Baker Mayfield, I think Baker Mayfield. I I, I think he Mayfield to me is not an elite quarterback. I think Mayfield is okay. That Browns team has a ton of talent on it. And if they don't do a lot of things this year, the Browns have to be considering that position too. Smile says Russell Wilson is an eagle killer. Hey, dude, Russell Wilson is a NFL killer. That guy's some ball player. Hugh, thank you, man. I appreciate it from you too being here. Thank you. Muhammad says you're right, Dan. It's up to Earths to show talent. But ultimately it comes down to how Howie feeling with personnel – Personnel decisions. It really does. But remember something, though. 
Jalen Hurts is a Howie Roseman guy. That's what he has on his side. So he's going to get the latitude of getting playing time. Okay? When you're a general manager and a current general manager's guy, and he's still in the building, you're going to get that. Why, why do you guys think? Why do you guys think that every guy gets nervous when a new GM or a new head coach comes in? Because they have to reprove themselves all over. The guys that were drafted by Howie, best thing that could have happened for some of those guys, and maybe the worst thing that could have happened for some of those guys, is that Howie's still in the building. Big Bird says, that's a great comparison. I just think Mitchell could make a couple more throws than Baker. I think he's smarter than Baker. I think he sees the field a little bit more. And, and like Howard Balzer said in the last hour, I mean, he was over 60-some percent on a crappy Jaguars team. And remember what they did to him last year? They dumped Leonard Fournette going into the start of the regular season. The year previous to that, Fournette had 77 catches. Yeah. Leonard Fournette had 77 catches and 1,100 yards rushing. And they yanked that guy out from him because they were tanking for Trevor Lawrence. That's why they did that. They cut the salary. He ends up on the Bucks. Leonard Fournette wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> Typical Jaguar. Respect to Stash. Why did the Eagles bring in Gardner Minshew? Why do they give Ertz eight and nine games if he doesn't do the start the stash the rest of the season? I think the reason stash that they brought in Gardner Minshew is this. He's used to being pulled in and out of a starting lineup. Okay? Those kind of quarterbacks, their value, like you saw with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year in Miami, when he was being brought in and out, they, I guess what I'm saying is they know their roles. They know exactly their roles. You know, if you pull a guy like Aaron Rodgers out or you pull some mainstream starter out, okay, then you know those guys have a cow. Look at what Wentz did last year. Everybody in Philadelphia – came down on him like a ton of bricks because they brought in Jalen Hurts. Here's a guy knowing this. They're not going to make that same mistake. Can you imagine if they brought in, say they made a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's say the if the Eagles really wanted to make a trade for somebody to take his job right away, they'd have traded for Garoppolo. Okay? I'm not, and I, they'd have to give up a one for Garoppolo because – the 49ers are not giving that guy up right now. Trey Lance is just not ready. I think he's had one start in 25 months in a significant football game. That's not good enough for me, okay? I think they're going to try to ease him in and maybe move him on. Kevin says uh, that Loria has his fingers everywhere. He does. Okay, I mean, he does. What is Jeffrey uh, Laurie's son, Julian's role on the team? He's probably trying to work him into the organization the same way Belichick has worked his son into the organization um, in New England. Remember something, Kyle Shanahan was worked into a coaching staff with his dad, Mike Shanahan, 
I mean, a bunch of the guys try to get their kids involved in the game. It's all good. It's no biggie. Sean McVay, his grandfather's John McVay. And you know how John McVay got Sean in? Uh, John McVay was a scout for both the 49ers and the Buccaneers. And guess who became the ball boy, then the quality control coach in Tampa Bay when he was 17 years of age? Are you ready? Um, it was Sean McVay. And John Gruden hired him. I've told the story before. Stan Kroenke offered the Rams job when they moved the Rams to Los Angeles to John Gruden. He was still in the booth with Monday night. John turned it down and said, you should talk to my brother about bringing in Sean McVay. And that's how Sean McVay got the Rams job was through John and Jay Gruden. So, yeah, I mean, John was offered that Rams job. Bruce Allen told me that story. And Bruce, I, Bruce and I are... Our dear friends, we've been friends for over 30 years. So yeah, I I just I I, I just I I looking at three games here. I've got to see progress. You're bringing in Gardner Minshew for a reason. Okay? He knows his role. You know, I had people on my Twitter going like this, Dan. Well, you know, he's already been told that he's the backup. He already knows this. Okay? He already knows this. But that's not going to stop him from trying to go in there and beating that kid out. Do you know what? Do you know what a guy like Minshew already knows before he even steps on the field with the Eagles? Do you know what he already knows? That Jalen Hurts struggles with reading progressions. Okay. All you got to do is look at the game film. I talked to Brian Baldinger on Saturday about this. He doesn't see the third and fourth guy. He's not quite sure where to go with the ball after the play breaks down. That's why he takes off. And that's how you get killed. See, when Lamar Jackson takes off, some of those are designed that the third or fourth option is him taking off. What they'll do is, especially what Lamar does is sensational, and there's no way Jalen is anywhere near this. He'll do this. Um, Lamar will back up like this. He'll move the safety like this with his head, then he'll slide the entire defense with his head and his body sliding. Roethlisberger does a lot of this. Then you'll have the backside tight end key off the defensive end. If he wants to go inside, they'll push him down. If he wants to go outside, he'll run inside the, um, the six gap. And he'll see that. Some of that stuff is by design. And he's doing a lot better job at sliding. That's why Lamar is awesome. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, there's no question. By the way, the thing I brought up with also with Howard Eskin, so Dak Prescott's going to get onto a football field with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next Thursday, and it's been over 320 days since he stepped on the field in a significant football game. This is what I would do if I were the Bucks. As soon as I got a chance to hit that guy, I'd hit him, and I'd hit him all the time. I'm not talking about dirty stuff, but I'm talking about putting a hat on him. And I'm talking about putting a hat on that shoulder. I hit that guy as many times. By the way, if I'm the Eagles, Giants, Washington, every time I get into a game with Dak Prescott, my number one objective is to put a hat on him, get him on the ground, 
Eagles were what, second or third in sacks last year? Get his ass on the ground. Hit that dude. You haven't played a game since October 11th, 2020. Smile said Lamar Jackson was the Eagles' first-round pick. They traded down to, to get the tight end. Would you be okay with Lamar Jackson in your huddle right now? Jesus criminy. Hey, look at what the uh, Miami Dolphins did. The Miami Dolphins, they ended up taking Tua over um, Justin Herbert. <laughs> hey, if you're the Dolphins and you're Chris Greer, you're looking back at that and you're doing this. You're going this right now, right? Hey, man. Um, yeah, I could have took this guy. Okay, so. Yeah, all right. Okay, so Howard, we're, we're going to get Howard Eskin on. I want to take a timeout right now. You guys got any questions for Howard? You keep it right here on the National Football Show. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huckenfot. What's that? Huckenfot. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back, National Football Show. Your boy Dan Silio. 
Howard Eskin, WIP, will join us here in a second. Sylvester Wilson just said, did you really compare Jackson to our present quarterbacks? Uh, No, I didn't. Are you kidding me? All three of your guys are not as good as Lamar Jackson. (laughs) I'm good too, dude. Not remotely close. It's not a guy in that room in his league. Guy led the NFL in touchdown passes, 36 or 38 a couple years ago. Won the MVP award. He's won 80% of his ball games. Lamar Jackson's a star. And his new contract that's coming up, they're going to work a new deal for him. I don't care how many times he's failed COVID test. They're going to work a new deal with him. And that, that stuff with the COVID stuff, too, has no bearing. You see the media people making more than what it is? You really think that somebody inside an NFL organization is debating whether or not a guy's vaccinated or not if he's a great quarterback? How dumb is that? What, do you work for CNN? And by the way, I'm not stomping in any way here for um, for vaccinations. But if you really think that people around the league are taking that into consideration when they have Josh Allen or Carson Wentz who just got put on the COVID-19 list, you think that really matters to those guys? Man, are you dumb? That's the people out there that are in the media doing that. It's got no bearing. Zero. If I'm looking at a guy who's on my team, you think it starts with that or it starts with whether or not he can make plays? (laughs) You must think that that's a gigantic priority with people because it ain't. It ain't. Lou D, I disagree. I think Hurts is the exact same quarterback as Lamar. Wow. I, I don't even know if I'm going to continue to to read that. You really believe that if Jalen Hurts had John Harbaugh, you think he's a better quarterback than Lamar or the same as Lamar Jackson? You think he's the same player? No way. Where do you see that? Now, Lou? I will give you this. Hang on, Lou. Hang on. I'm going to give you something here. Hang on, Lou. I had to backtrack on Lamar because I said he sucked. Okay? Because I said he sucked. Remember his first year when he got into the games, took over for Flacco? He got into those playoff games against, like, the Chargers. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I said, this guy's going to be out of the game five years. He stinks. He came back. He was the MVP. I was like, holy crap. I can't believe how good that guy is. I could not believe it. He was exceptional. And I think that goes with Lou's. Lou, you're almost making me change my, my thought. Pro- I'm not, I'm not going to put him in Lamar Jackson. I don't know if he's an NFL candidate yet. I, I, I don't know if he's an NFL MVP candidate, I should say. Okay? But your point, there is a point there. Okay? There is a point there. Nunez says he's more of Dak type. Oh, 
Yeah, but Dak's pretty. T- Nunez, but Dak is, Dak is really accurate. He's a pretty good passer. He's a pretty good passer. I'm not sure Jalen's a really good passer yet. Smile says Joe Flacco would know of Hurts. That's a great that I, I you know what somebody in the uh, Philadelphia media should ask Joe Flacco what he thinks, but I don't think he's going to go too crazy talking trash on Jalen being in the same quarterback room. Take his drugs away. I wish. Lou D. He can run, not real fast, but sneaky. He's good in the pocket. Fair. Fast in his arm is getting better. I guess what you're saying is with more repetition, he's getting better. Is that right? Dak's got a better arm. He does. Lamar is the blueprint for Hurts. See, Lou, I don't want my quarterback to play like Lamar because I think he's a hit away from getting whacked. I think the blueprint for Jalen is Russell Wilson. That's what I want my QB to look like. That's a mobile guy. That's a smart guy. I think the blueprint, I think that not, see, I don't think the blueprint is Dak. I think it's Russell. Russell takes off when he has to. Russell moves in the pocket well. Okay? Relies on a running game. The Dallas Cowboys, ever since they gave Ezekiel Elliott that bag of money, he's been a turd. Tick, let's see what he says. What does the locker room like about Hurts? Got to think there's something. Yeah, yeah, hey, you're dead on. I've said this before about him. I think that's – Dave Wanstead said that last week about Jalen. That's a guy you want in your locker room. He's a guy that everybody loves. He's a a guy that – look look at what he did, man. I mean, he won the hearts and minds of everybody in um, Alabama. Then he went to Oklahoma, did the same thing there. Reggie Hill says Dak is the blueprint for for Hurts. Yeah, but look at what Dak has. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. Okay, I don't see that yet in Philly. I just don't see that yet. All right, speaking of Philly, we start you off here. The 53-man roster is going to be set here. And the legend himself, by the way, I've been watching this celebrating. I talked to Nick Seriani over the weekend. I said, Nick, The Eagles have just absolutely thrown rose petals over Howard Eskin here. I mean, 35 years of talking trash in Philly. I guess, hey, Howard, that's a great thing, man. I mean, congratulations to you, brother. That's pretty cool everybody saying those things about you. uh, It was was nice. I mean, I talked to Vermeil. He didn't – we didn't see eye to eye when he was the head coach. And I found out something I didn't know one of the things he was mad at me about. I learned about it, you know, 40 years later. Uh, So – and then Mike Schmidt called in. I had no idea he was going to call him. We have a big history. But I said, I asked Mike if I ever ripped him. He says, I can't remember, but you probably did. Uh, so there's a lot of guys. That, uh, you know, it's just, I, I'd have to go 10 hours if I had all the guys on uh, that were mad at me at one time and now have gotten, gotten away from it. But 35 years, that's at one station. I was doing sports talk before that. But I did the first sports talk show on WIP here in Philadelphia. And uh, that was uh, August 29th, 1986. And here I am still pissing people off. So it's just, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Howard, who was your favorite target over the years? Wow. 
uh, there was a few. Uh, there, I mean, there really, Buddy Ryan was a more, I may rest in peace, let me say that first. Buddy Ryan was so far from being a head coach, his son just as bad a head coach as he was. Uh, so Buddy Ryan, I used to rip him on my show, and he used to rip me on his show. He called me the gerbil. So, uh, Buddy, come up with something better than that. But then I ended up washing his feet when he was the head coach of Arizona for $2,000 for charity. So when they came in, I washed his feet over at the hotel. Um, so, you know, interesting, the family of feet, uh, you know, when you take that to the next level. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I've tried it. And then Jim Fregosi was, uh, he was just a jerk. He was a manager that couldn't manage, couldn't manage a lick ever, anywhere. Um, and he got mad because I reported he was trying to undermine the manager of the Phillies one spring training. 16 games, and he yelled and screamed at me at spring training, and it's all nonsense. 16 games in the season, he was the manager of the Phillies. They fired Nick Leva. Uh, so he, Charlie Manuel, wanted to drop me, and now we're friends. Uh, it's just Mitch Williams wanted to punch me in the mouth, and now we're good friends. I said, hey, you want to punch me in the mouth? Let's step outside of the locker room. Go ahead. You can take care of it there. And I knew he wouldn't do it, and we never went out there. Uh, but who was Allen Iverson? Boy, we went back and forth. And now every time he comes to Philadelphia, he comes up and hugs me. He says, man, I love you. Uh, LaShawn McCoy says, uh, uh, what do you think of this guy? He says, he's going to rip you, but you got to love him. Uh, so when they were at a Sixers game together one time after Allen was done playing. So it was um, uh, T.O. got mad at me. Uh, T.O. was, we got along. We didn't get along. Uh, who knows? Uh, and then. When he started whining and crying on C, I remember on CNBC, he said he's just got to uh, make make enough to feed his family. So I conducted a canned food drive to make sure his family was fed. Boy, did that piss him off! And they sent him the canned food, uh, so that pissed him off. And then when he left the Eagles, he was with Dallas, and we were at a Super Bowl party in Miami, uh, and he was with the Cowboys says, you're going to screw them up just like you did the Eagles. We went back and forth. I told this, I started telling the story on the air when I came back from the Super Bowl that week. And he called on a regular line. And a guy said, producer says, I am Terrell Owens says he's online. I said, what? I said, I put him on, I don't know who it is, if it's him. So he comes on. We went 26 straight minutes of killing each other. Just killing each other. Uh, and then every time he sees me, hey, how are you? He is. He's not a bad guy. My 5,000 sports talk show, which is back in 2007, I asked uh, Rich Powerful, who we both know well, who was with the University of Miami and now with the Cowboys. I said, can you ask T.O. if he'd come on the show for my 5,000 show? Sure enough, he said yes, right on time. Right on time. I'm telling you, so I can't tell. There, there's, been, there's been a lot of guys. I mean, there's managers, coaches, uh, you name it. Uh, one time in the locker room, this is uh, when Randall Cunningham was with the team. A guy named Bill Johnson, who was a defensive lineman. Good guy. Walks in the Eagles were 0-5. Walks in the locker room, and he says, uh, what do you think of this team? He says, you're kidding me, right? I said, you really want to know what I think of this team? He says, you suck. You absolutely <laughs> suck. I grew up with a team coached by a guy named Jerry Williams. And I thought that was the worst team. This team is worse. 
And then a wide receiver by the name of Jeff Graham was a couple lives away from where I was standing. And he came over from San Diego. I said, is that guy over there? I have as many catches as him. Zero. Zero. Uh, I said, so I just, I went off. I said, you wanted to know? I told him, you suck. Uh, so, but he was a good guy about it. Some guys are good. After it's all over, it's like the meal realized it's part of my job. Guys realize it's part of my job, and they come up. Guys that I, I would never expect to come up to me and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, it, it's just, it's crazy, but it's been uh, it's been fun. But I always kept it real. I always kept it honest, and I always tried to be true to myself. And I didn't say things that I didn't believe. So it's um, the fact that I'm still in the air and somebody hasn't kicked my ass, uh, and they're not the only ones, is, is amazing. You know, when I said to Mitch, Let's step outside. I took it into my hands. If he drops me, I'll be able to sue him and never have to work a day in my life again. Or I'll just be so mangled because he would beat the living daylights out of me. Uh, so it's just, but I was right. You don't give a guy that throws hard at that time a long term contract because those guys lose their fastball. Second year of the contract. That's when they lost to the Toronto Blue Jays, the World Series, because he lost a little bit off his fastball. So, usually I'm right. And uh, I can't remember the last time, I mean, 15, 20 years ago, I maybe wasn't right. Uh, so, that's just the way it is. <laughs> Howard, I, 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 I love that about you, man, because it's one of the most uh, important things that I think a lot of broadcasters miss, and that is it's also about being entertaining. It's not just about just the facts and throwing all the geeky stats out. It's also about being like, you know, entertaining. And that's why you've been on the air for 35 years. Let me get into the Eagles here. And I want to, I want to give you some insight here. I talked to Nick Casario and the people around Nick Casario in Houston. And some of the words coming out are just your thoughts on this, that the agent for, I think his name is Dave Mogata has said that Deshaun Watson has told the Texans that he, does not want to be traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what's going around a little bit in the chatterbox right now. What's your thoughts on that and Deshaun not wanting to go to Philly? Well, does Deshaun want to sit every game? Does he want to sit and not play? Or does he want to play football? So that's what it's going to come down to. Who is more powerful, Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers? I think we know the answer to that, right? right. Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to be traded. Where's Aaron Rodgers right now? with the Green Bay Packers, right? So that, that's the bottom line. Uh, I think players, some players have leverage, but I don't think Deshaun Watson has as much leverage with all, with all the things hanging over him. If he wants a comfort level, then that doesn't show me a good, if in fact that's really him, uh, it doesn't show me a good thing about it. Philadelphia is a tough town. I guess he's comfortable in the AFC. Uh, Miami doesn't have as much to give up as the Eagles would have to give up. But I just still think the Eagles are really in the mix. And, okay, sit down, Deshaun, then sit down. You're not playing. You're not going to be activated each week. You're not going to play football. Uh, or work something out. Maybe you get $5 million to pay off all these civil suits, and he's going to have to do something. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. And he's going to be suspended. Uh, I don't know how many games. It could be six. It could be a who knows. But it's going to be suspension. So, but you want to move past that, and you want to play football. And if you're good and you've got what it takes, you'll play anywhere. And the Eagles uh, could be on the upswing. Miami, 
I, you know, I, they have a good defense. I'm not sure about Miami. And they're playing in a tough division because Buffalo's going to be good for years with Josh Allen as their quarterback. And who knows if Mac Jones develops into what the Patriots think he could develop into, uh, they could be a good team again. So uh, I think the Eagles, this division sucks. Uh, the Cowboys are frauds and always have been. Uh, I Who knows whether Dak Prescott's going to be healthy the whole year. Daniel Jones can't play. Uh, and they're, they're just – I just don't know where the Giants are. The Redskins are a good team because of their defense. But after this year, they're going to need a quarterback again. So the future, the Eagles could have a good future. Now, I don't know that they will, uh, but I, I don't think it's dead yet. And here's – I'm going to take this a step further. He can say what he wants. But obviously, the Eagles aren't worried about that. Jalen Hurts took 10 snaps in the preseason, which is a joke. It really is a joke. When all these other quarterbacks, 80% of them are playing in the third and final preseason game. Nope, didn't do it with the Eagles. 10 snaps is not enough. Uh, and I started to think last week, you know, maybe they just don't want to play him because they don't want him to get hurt because he would be involved in some kind of trade. You know, you take next step, whatever way you want to take it. And then I started to think, I said, that's the only reason that I can think that he's not playing. So that's the first step. Then when they tra- traded for Gardner Minshew, uh, Gardner, it was, I can't think of another person I know with the first name of Gardner. I always say Gordon, but Gardner Minshew. Then when they trade for him, I'm saying, why would they trade for him? You know, it hurts here and three quarterbacks because if they get Watson, Somehow, whether Hurts goes to Houston or gets traded somewhere else and Watson is suspended, now they have two quarterbacks again. You know, I try to play this all out. And again, it's strictly my opinion based on, you know, why this, why this, why Minshew. And I don't think they gave up that much, but, you know, it's good for them. Uh, It's just uh, uh, it, it gives them somebody else in case they do. But I still think by the chain of events that I just laid out, I still think there's a good chance that there could be a trade with Houston uh, and it could be Watson. I, again, that's strictly my opinion. No, no, I, I agree with, I, I agree with everything and how you're laying the, um, the tracks out here for that. And I would even ask you this then, Howard, too, being around the team. And I was talking to Baldinger last week. He said he had a pretty, pretty tough practice against the Jets last week, that being Jalen Hurts. He took off. He was running real quick. He's got to be better, he said, in the pocket. The old line is going to be better than what people think. This kid, Jordan um, Malata, it looks like he's going to be an earth mover. So I, I happen to agree with you here. And that leads me to this question here. When they bring in Mitchu like this, who was over 60% last year, and he was on a horrible Jags team, I mean, with a good old line, Devontae Smith, do you think that they have a short hook for Jalen Hurts this year if they don't see him getting out of the gate? In the first three games? Uh, no, because I think uh, they want to see him have success because if they're going to trade him, they want to see him play well. So, And they want to see him play well because they want to win. Uh, no, I don't think they'll have a short hook. Uh, I, I can't believe they, if they, would do, they would do that to him. Uh, now, if he's really, really, really bad, and I don't think that'll be the case. Uh, not in this division. Now, the first first part of their schedule, they play Atlanta, not a good team. Then they come home to play San Francisco, 
uh, Kansas City, and then they, I think they go on the road, and then they come back for Tampa on Thursday night. But that's an advantage for the Eagles because Tampa has two tough games before that, and it's a Thursday night game for Tampa on the road. But if he struggles the first four or five games, I just think it's too early. But I still don't think. And now I don't think so. I, they may have Minshew next year. Flacco's only got one year contract. Minshew's got two years left this year and next year on a on a low contract. It's, I think it's under a million dollars. So all that considered, and the other possibilities, no, I don't think they would do that to Jalen Hurts. I don't, unless he was completely horrible, and I don't think that's the case. But then I don't think you can go to Minshew. I think you have to go to Flacco out of respect. And Flacco didn't do – again, you can't tell anything in these preseason games – but he played well in the Jets game. Uh, he played well in uh, – he didn't play well in that game where Hurts uh, had to go to the hospital because, you know, I guess it was last minute and they put in a different offensive line, different center. So I can't judge him on that game. But Joe, Joe did a nice job. He uh, moved around a little bit. Uh, he went and rolled left and threw a really nice pass. One play I remember. Now he's playing against second, third, and maybe guys that aren't even on the roster. But I think Joe Flacco did a nice job. So I think Flacco would be there next anyway. Howard, are you shocked that Zach Ertz is still on the team? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I, somebody had to get hurt. I've actually spoken to Zach, and he hasn't spoken publicly yet. But he's kind of over it. He just wants to play. Uh, that's what it really comes down to. And obviously with Dallas Goddard as a starting tight end, he doesn't know how much he's going to play. And I don't think Nick Sirianni – runs the two tight end offense as much or as long some really people who think they're really smart 12 personnel you know explain to people what 12 two tight ends how's that let's simplify it for people they're not rocket scientists out there so uh but i don't think nick seriani uh runs a lot of two tight end offenses so uh, so zach's not going to get a lot of time but i wouldn't think he would i don't know that he will or he won't I, who knows? Zach is uh, starting to get a get in a good frame of mind. He's doing everything the team wants him to do, and uh, he's twenty catches to be the all-time leading receiver on the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's that's in the back of his mind too. So uh, I am not surprised that he is here. Nope. Hey, H- Howard, how about this? Um, talking again to Baldinger last week, and you know I was talking about the offensive line and. You know, I didn't know that they had created as much depth as they did a year ago. I guess there's a silver lining when you suck and you're 4-11-1, you're going to play a lot of guys. And Baldy said, Sills, don't go to sleep on the O-line. The kid Jordan Mulata could be the best offensive tackle in the game. You've still got Lane Johnson. you still got a bunch of guys in that team. That's got to be the strength of the football team, right, in your opinion? That's the strength of the team. And for them to be successful this year, they've got to run the ball. They're up. Their offensive line is their strength because as long as they stay healthy, Kelsey is, is a stud. Uh, Lane Johnson at the right tackle is a stud. Uh, Brandon Brooks, uh, right guard, is a stud. So, you know, you worry a little about the left. I think uh, Baldy's going a little overboard on my lot. Uh, he's really picked up a lot, and he's he's gotten better. But he's had some games where you know, speed rushers are a problem for everybody. But he's done a good job. You know, the best in the game, I think, is a little bit of a stretch. I think he could be good. I'm telling you, don't count out Andre Dillard. Now, he had a heart problem. When I say a heart problem, 
uh, not medically a hard problem, mentally a hard problem his first year. He, he just wasn't tough enough. I think he toughened up a little bit. And some people tell me, and I, Mike Quick is the uh, analyst on our radio broadcast, and Mike said um, uh, that Andre Dillard had a good game because Mylotta didn't play. So Dillard had a lot of snaps. He said he's played well. So don't count Andre Dillard out. Now, Mylotta is ahead of him right now, especially since he's got more time in camp because Dillard was hurt. But he does have a good offensive line. So if that stays intact, if Devontae Smith plays well, again, he's a rookie. Even though he's good, he's a rookie. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Quez Watkins is a guy that everybody's excited about. If Jalen Rager ever develops into what should have been a number one pick, they might have some pretty good wide receivers. So offensively, they could be good. Uh, defensive line is good. I kind of worry about the secondary. Not worry about it. I just I wonder. I think they got a couple of good linebackers. Uh, so the safeties are new. So, uh, you know, I think I worry more about the defense than the offense. Finally here, I need to get some clarity on the wing bowl. Tony Bruno takes as much credit for the wing bowl as uh, anybody in Philadelphia. And I don't know, you know, I, I threw it out there at Tony. I said, okay, who's responsible for the wing bowl? That thing, from what I understand, turned out to be an event where you guys then used to sell out the spectrum where people used to show up on that wing bowl. Who is the godfather of the wing bowl in Philadelphia? Okay. Well, Tony thinks he invented the light bulb. Uh, <laughs> Tony is responsible for uh, Tony thinks, and I worked with Tony when he was 19 years old. We worked together as young kids. And uh, I've known Tony for a long time, and I love Tony. But come on, it's just, it's like uh, I have a trademark. Stone Cold Mortal Lock is my trademark. No In way! United oh, my States God, wait a minute. He, that's, that's, I thought that was his. I, that's what he says. <laughs> but I was on the air doing a talk show before Tony Bruno. So I, I've been using it since 1979. And it took me about five years, but I got a trademark. It's in there. It's in the, the trademark and patent office building. It's actually located in Alexandria or Arlington, Virginia. That's where the, the government office is. That's my trademark. That's mine. So that's like, Tony takes credit for everything. Tony is, uh, you name it. Uh, uh, I mean, if a team wins a championship, I'm responsible for that. I told him to get that guy. I told him to get that guy. Uh, I, I'm telling you, what, what's the greatest, what do you think the greatest invention of all time is? What's the, the wheel. greatest invention of all time? The wheel. Okay, that's Tony Bruno. <laughs> Tony Bruno. How about a corkscrew? How about a corkscrew? Tony Bruno. Okay, the guy's whoever it is making billions off of that, off a corkscrew. You know, it's just that Tony Bruno. Tony has invented everything and responsible for everything, even things he doesn't even know he's responsible for. So in the end, let me get to the, let me get to the wing ball. I love Tony, but yeah, come on, Tony, you're ridiculous. Uh, the wing ball was actually a guy named Al Morgani who works on the morning show at WIP. I don't know how it started, but he kind of talked about it. People like the hot dog eating contest. I don't know how long that's been going on. The wing ball lasted, I think, 24, 24, 25 years. So I don't know how long the hot dog eating contest in Coney Island was going on, but it was a good thing. And these people are nuts. And then women used to come out and take off their tops. And, you know, so that's, it was perfect 
for the people in parts. I'm not going to say what parts of Philadelphia because it will get me in trouble. But parts of Philadelphia, they're used to seeing that all the time. Uh, it's the people with no teeth, and you know, it's just uh, whatever. It's just it's it's where the, the the tooth fairy goes broke because they don't have any teeth, you know. So, uh, but uh, there are parts of Philadelphia. So they came out. I love the people in Philadelphia. Though. They were so nice to me for my 30th anniversary. So I'm being a little sarcastic, but it came out in droves. It was unbelievable. And like everything, it just it kind of runs its course. Um, and wings are wings, and it was just unbelievable. And there were some really, really good people in there. And they would get, you know, with the hot dogs, you get the bread and the water dripping all over you. You dip the bread in the water for the hot dog thing. But for the, the wings, it's the wing sauce all over their face, just dripping down. Uh, so it was, uh, it was clearly an event, and they did it in the morning. I don't know what their stomachs were like the rest of the year. Year, but I got to give, and Al's kind of a nitwit. He used to do hockey reporting for ESPN. He's a hockey guy, so what the hell does he know anyway? Uh, so I think Al is pretty much responsible for it. But whatever it is, uh, you know, you find a new car, like uh, uh, the electric car. It's Tony Bruno. Tony it was Tony's innovation to have an electric car. Tony's got, he, he's got for everything. What's the be best food you ever had? Uh, pizza. That's Tony Bruno. You, Tony invented pizza. Uh, so, what the heck? Just give him credit for everything. Uh, Tony. <laughs> oh, my God, Howard. I love you but so you much. Next time you talk to him, Stone Cold Mortal Lock, Tony, you want to use Oh, that? no. I, I'm going to go like this. Eskin's calling you out. And by the way, he's got a patent. And I checked it out with the U.S. Patent Office. TB, man. Howard doesn't collect, man. I think he says you owe him some money, man. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it's funny. ESPN was using it on Friday morning when uh, was it Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick. Yeah, Mike and Mike. Have, I don't know if they had Stone Cold Mortalock, but any deviation is still my rights. So I had an attorney send him a letter, and they said, well, they started it before. Well, they weren't on the air before I started it. So, And I had people that were witnesses for me using Stone Cold Mortal Lock back when I first did talk radio in 1979. So um, I sent him a letter and eventually they stopped using it. Uh, and they knew it was, it's mine. It's mine. It's, you know, it's just, Tony, Tony, find something else. Find spaghetti. I mean, just you know, come up with something else. Uh, Howard, you, you, you have to have a Monday through Friday again. I mean, I don't even know if you want to do that anymore, but you, you just need to, no, no, because you know what? I don't, I don't know if our soft country could take you anymore. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I just I'm on the air probably five times a week during football season anyway, at least maybe six times a week. But I don't have a steady afternoon show. 25 years of doing afternoon drive, and I was doing it on AM radio. Think about I know. that in today's world. Everything goes to AM. So, and it was successful. And I do want to say, and I'll give credit to the people in the Philadelphia area, and people were calling from all over the country who listened to me now that the station is streamed. Uh, but I had so many nice comments, whether they're Twitter is the toilet of the Internet, but not for this. They were really nice. They were polite. They made great comments. I am blown away, you know, with all the social media posts of all the people that I had, uh, in my past, I mean, I've had Muhammad Ali on the air. You name it, and that's the greatest of all time. Uh, you name it, 
I've had him. So okay, so wait a minute. Players. I just had somebody ask me who Vegas Vicky was. Vegas Vic. V- Vegas when that Vic. started in Vegas Vic in 1977, a writer at the Daily News, Stan Hockman, who was a great writer, great columnist. Uh, and we're talking about gambling. He says, I think our paper, and he knew that uh, I knew a lot about gambling. And uh, I used to bet. I haven't bet in 30 years, but at least 30 years. But I knew a lot. He says, we're thinking of doing a, uh, you know, a, a column every day. And the gambling column. So he says, you might want to talk to him. So I talked to the, uh, the publisher, great guy. And uh, next thing I know, I'm doing a, uh, and nobody knew who I was for at least two years. At least two years. At least two years. Because any uh, full page ads, they shot me from the back. And people were, you know, there was no internet back then. So pe- people were calling up trying to find out my picks. I think I had every Monday night game except one. Had 21 out of 22 straight NBA games. I was good, and I'm still good. You know, I go on my website, and I try to raise money for charity, and people pay for the games. Not a lot, just a little bit. They pay for the games, and I give it to an SPCA here. I I, I raise money for the Eagles Autism Challenge, but whatever. But I was the original. I'm incorporated. I still have a corporation, but it's, it's been dormant for a while. Vegas Vic Incorporated. I was the original Vegas Vic. And in 81, uh, there was a baseball strike, and I reported the story who was going to buy the Sixers, and one of the writers for the Daily News got really pissed off. And the sports, uh, the sports editor, who was a friend of mine, says, you know, if you're going to do that, report that. I said, wait a minute, it was the right story. It was Harold Katz who bought the Sixers at the time. If you're going to do that, said, what do you mean, what am I doing? It's my job. I, I talk radio, too. I do other jobs. So I said, you know what, I'm done. So that was it. So four years, and they never had anybody as good as me. It's now it's a guy. I think the guy in New York. I don't even know who does it now. But I was good. <laughs> hey, hey, Howard, really we got to roll yeah. here, man. We could talk forever. I'd love talking with you. I hope you do this as much as you possibly can because I know you're swamped with stuff, and I just love you, man. I think you're an icon, and I think you're a legend as well. Thank you so much, Howard. Well, hey, wait a minute. Icon doesn't mean you're old. Legend sounds like you're old, so I'm an icon. Okay. Icon. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. That is. And the people of Philadelphia are great. (laughs) That is my man, Howard Eskin. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate it. Man, he was good. Okay. We're working on the connection, man. See, he gets in his backyard and Krause hates it because you know why? He wants him sitting at the. you know, uh, you know, uh, he was sitting at the uh, piano with a Chardonnay in his hand. You know, so drinking like, or a Cabernet, or a Monet, or a Merlot, whatever. Sitting there like, <laughs> fastest two hours on YouTube. That's right. Fastest two hours. That's what's called pacing, my friends. That's pacing. Oh, and by the way, nobody gets pissed off, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe you get pissed off at big sales. Pretty easy to get pissed off. My old lady gets pissed off at me every day. I should say every 30 seconds. Why are you putting that down the drain? Because the place is dirty. You should see my job now. Okay, I take the trash out and I talk trash. 
So wait a minute. He doesn't really. He's not as high on Jordan Mulata as um, uh, as Baldinger is. Hey, for the record, I'm going to tell you guys. I am. I I think the kid's going to be a great football player too. Yeah, but, hey Tony Bruno, Mister Monday Night. I don't know, man. I may have to get Tony Bruno on this week to put these two, uh, you know, Philadelphia icons back to back. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know, man. Okay, so Vegas Vic and Mr. Monday Night. Hmm. Sounds like you're kind of like, yeah, Lou, Lou, I like, I like it too. I do. I, 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 think, I, I watch it. Baldy sent me some like tape on the kid. Guy's freaking great. He's great. Absolutely. A lot as a man amongst boys. Yeah. I mean, hey. And by the way, he's 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 not that down on that Dillard kid. Krause hates the guy. Tony Bruno was unreal on Monday night. Hey, oh no, no, 76 or free. Hey, you're right. Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock. Oh, yeah. Tony brought that. See, Tony Bruno and I, we started Fox Sports Radio together. Hey, Coastal Kid, thank you, man. That's dope of you to say that. Dude, thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. I'm sorry, but we got to wrap it up. So, Krause, Big Joe, we appreciate it. We'll catch you tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time. The fastest show on YouTube. Slash the National Football Show, and it's all because of you guys. We'll catch you tomorrow and see you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.